Greetings. My name is Linda Talaferro, and this is the Being Brown at Work podcast. I help Black and Brown female professionals confidently and expertly navigate the corporate world so that they can reach new career heights and establish their seat at the table. So whether you're kicking off a new career, leaning in a new direction, or looking to climb the corporate ladder within your current job, I'm here to propel your career forward by giving you an insider's look at cultivating an executive mindset, creating leadership opportunities, establishing an executive presence, and more. So join me every week as I guide you towards becoming a leader in the corporate world and show you how to step into your true power and potential. Greetings, greetings, everyone. And and I know those of you that are catching this live know exactly what I'm going to say. If you're catching it on the replay, you know what I'm going to say. It's my favorite day of the week. It's Tuesday. And here in the Midwest in lovely Michigan, it's 6.30 p.m. And it's Being Brown Live, Being Brown at Work Live. Favorite time of the week for me. And I have with me, we were just discussing before I went live, how honored I am to have this young woman with me because she is a published author and I like know her. Okay. I mean, I literally can say I know her. So I'm so honored. She took time and she's going to grace us this evening in this session with some serious nuggets. So if you don't usually take notes, which I know you do, you want to take them tonight. So because this woman's going to really impart some wisdom. Let me introduce you to her. Kimberly B. Cummins is a career and leadership expert whose mission is to help women and people of color navigate the workplace, make more money and become industry leaders. Her leadership development company, Manifest Yourself, LLC, provides organizations with tailor-made solutions to hire, develop, engage, and retain women and people of color. Through her experience as a career development advisor in some of the nation's top universities and diversity inclusion professional in a Fortune 500 company, she has learned that there is so much more to career and leadership development besides having a high-paying job. It's about creating actionable strategies that enable professionals to do more, be more, and achieve more. Next move, best move, transitioning into a career you'll love is the highly anticipated career planning and advancement book by Kimberly. This says set to release, but it's already released. Yes, there it is. And you can get a copy. You definitely want to get one. Kimberly has had the opportunity to speak to and create workshops for many organizations, including the New Jersey Conference for Women, Elevate Network, Urban League, Princeton University, Salesforce, and the National Sales Network, among others. Her work has been featured on, listen to this, Forbes, Blavity, Money Magazine, Essence Magazine, Business Insider, Fox 5, and more. She is also on the board of directors for the Power of You Teens organization. Kimberly is a graduate of Long Island University and received a Bachelor of Science in Business and a Master of Science in Counseling. Kimberly B. Cummings, welcome to Being Brown at Work Live. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you. (laughs) I'm so happy to chat with you, Linda. You're one of my favorite people. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. We met some time ago. We were introduced by a mutual friend. I remember sitting in the hotel room. We were laying on the couch just talking. I think you might have been laying across the floor. We were just having a really good chat, connecting, and we've been connected ever since. And so it is such an honor to have you. You know, Kimberly, I want to just kind of dive in because, you know, you're right in the space of what being brown at work with this live and the podcast is about. And that's helping women of color understand specifically the methodologies, tools, strategies they need to achieve that next level in their career. So, you know, let's talk a little bit first about your background. As I shared, you've got mm-hmm. career advisory background and also DNI uh, experience in the corporate space. How long ago was that? And can you give us a little flavor of what that was for you? Sure. So I spent almost 10 years in career services um, at a few different universities, literally worked my way up from being a, a career counselor, serving undergraduate students to moving into various roles that served alumni, graduate oh. students, employer development, outreach, programming, all of it throughout career services. I absolutely positively loved it. Oh my mm. gosh. I, I joke and I tell people that I've worked with folks who are age 18 and don't know what to do with their entire lives. Like, can't even right. pick a major all the way through professionals who are in their sixties who are like, it's not time for me to retire yet. How can I kind of wow. package what I have to do something that brings me joy yes. and so I no longer want to do it. So when it comes to career development, my background is, it's fairly diverse. I feel like the only folks who I generally don't work with, I would say are like lawyers and doctors. Okay. There's okay. only two fields. Like I've worked a little bit, but I don't really claim that's not my claim to fame. It's really all the other professional fields that I work with. And then um, at the height of my career in career services, I moved to be the director of global diversity talent acquisition strategy at a Fortune 100 company. And Mm -hmm. I was there for about two and a half years before I started doing my business full time. And that role was an extremely large role, um, which is very similar to Manifest Yourself in that I built out the strategy of how we recruit, retain, and engage our women and people of color globally and really set the strategy, especially when it came to recruitment. So I joke and say that I'm one of those business owners where I loved the work so much that I had to do it in my nine to five. Yeah, you my five to nine. I had to keep it up the whole time because exactly. clearly I love it. <laughs> exactly. And you're extremely, extremely good at it. Uh, absolutely. No doubt. So Kimberly, you know, manifest yourself, as you said, that's, you started that in order to, you, as I read here, give solutions to corporations and also individuals, because you do work one-on-one with individuals, correct? But giving corporations the tools that they need to make sure that people of color, women of color, uh, that they know how to bring us on board and most importantly, career develop, provide career development and avenues for us. So what did you see? What did you, what have you seen in your work, Kimberly, with corporations that drove the need for manifest yourself? I mean, I'm sure you probably saw a gap that really to be, be filled. Can you share with us some specifics of what you saw that led you to create your company? Of course. So I founded Manifest Yourself back in 2013. And -hmm. one of the things that I noticed was in higher education, um, women and people of color more specifically, women, yes, but definitely people of color came to the career services office significantly less. Mm. There was this notion of needing to be more prepared before going to get preparation. Ah. 
They needed to make sure that they had things more ready before they came to get ready for whatever the job was. Um, And they wanted to be met where they, not that they wanted to be met where they were, but they wanted to make sure that they put their best foot forward and didn't necessarily come to get the help they needed. Um, In my first role in career services, I spent a lot of time working more in depth with student organizations. And a colleague Mm -hmm. of mine who I talk in my group, who's still one of my best friends to this day, we did a lot of work, even with like the football team where we'd go and the coach would give us time during the football practice. And what happens is when you made connections, especially with students of color, Mm -hmm. you weren't then the only person they would speak to. It's like you were their person and therefore their friend people. I still have students who talk to me today (laughs) because I've left university. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know you're not here anymore, but I found you on LinkedIn. (laughs) I found your email address. So can you help me? And by the way, my girlfriend at another university was also looking for a job. Can you talk to them too? Um, And I found that this happened all the time. It wasn't just one time. It was that it was this like cohort of students that you'd find and get used to who needed help. And the same thing, I was like, well, what happened if they're not getting help when they're students? And that means they're not getting help when they enter the workforce. Right. And right. once they get into the workforce, because they never really asked for help when they had the free career services that most universities have, they end up going under the radar. Mm. And companies know, you know, well, now they know like recruitment is a big thing. It's a big, big thing right now. We want yeah. a diverse workforce. Yes. But when you bring all these people in and you don't know how to engage them, they end up leaving. And then yes. companies are like, well, oh my God, like we brought them here. I don't understand. Why are they leaving? Right. That's right. Because They're getting they the salary. Well. We get right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We did all the things, spent thousands upon thousands, probably right. millions of dollars on recruiting to have, mm-hmm. make sure they have a diverse workforce. But where's the money on engagement? And a lot of times folks will slide under the radar. But uh, what I would say with my clients is that I don't want you to create this cycle, right? People okay. cre- like look at jobs almost like old romantic partners. I love doing dating analogies with the workforce because they're very easy to understand. We all have that person who breaks up on Friday and they get someone new on Monday and they don't understand why the relationship is still trash wow. because they dated the same person over and over and over. Oh, it's a and great like, analogy. And people yes. do the same thing with jobs. They think yes. the grass is green around the other side. There's a new container, a new company, a new boss, just like there's a new partner with a new family and a new all this, mm-hmm. but they ended up getting the same thing. And what we need to do is kind of educate ourselves. That's why my company is really here to make sure that we're educating and empowering the individual Yes. That they can navigate the world of work with ease and make intentional decisions. Yes, 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 yes. And like I like to say, you know, so you you think the grass is greener on the other side and you make those changes and then you might make a change again. What's consistent in that? You. And so, yes. you know, clearly <laughs> the opportunity lies with you. There's something going on there. Exactly. So I, I love that. I love that analogy, Kimberly. So, you know, you, most of our, our, our listeners coming on board and they're in the workplace now, right? So to your point, most likely they didn't get that assistance early on. And then they came in and they're trying to figure out, okay, wait a minute. I know that my work product is good. I, I And I'm here doing a good job, mm-hmm. yet I'm still not feeling like I'm being rewarded. And you also said something earlier that I thought was 
um, extremely key when you're working with 60-year-olds that age range to 18 to 60, and they're not ready to retire, but they want to love what they do. So we're talking, can you help our women of color share with them a little bit what either your experiences are with corporations and their engagement level or in the individual work you do with women of color around that? How do you, how do you position yourself such that you can have a long career that you love, um, absolutely love, and you want to go in every day? So the key for me is that you need a strategy. And mm-hmm. some companies are really great at helping you career path. They may call it that. But I always say you must have your own strategy independent of the company that you work with. Because yes. remember, your company cares about retention. Yes. Your company is going to build you a strategy to stay at stay. your company. Yes. There are very few companies who will help you. There's some roles in consulting, like I believe like Boston Consulting Group. You're not supposed to stay there that long. You're supposed to go out into the world, do other things, and you end up being their biggest salespeople to bring clients back to BCG. That is mm-hmm. very, very rare. Very rare, um, yes. Every other yes. company, no. They want you to stay and they're going to figure out how to keep you at that company. Yes. So it's your your desire and what's going to be pivotal for you is to really have an intentional career strategy so you know what you want to come next. Now, the first thing people say is, well, what if I don't know what I want to do next? And it's not that you need to know like the end of the line. You don't need to know the end of the line. I tell my people that if you're talking with me, I snap my fingers and I literally say, where do you want to be in 10 years? Quick, just say it. Where do you want to see yourself? Like at the top of your head was that first three second reaction. Then we need to cut that in half to be there in 10. Where do we need to be in five? All right, Mm. great. To be there in five, where do we need to be in two? Mm -hmm. And how do we start to build out six month by six month to get to that place in two years and then reassess because magic can happen, right? Yes. And I say yes, magic, but you can meet a mentor, you can meet a sponsor, you can just get an opportunity out the blue. Things can always change. It's not that you have to be rigid, but right. you have to kind of decide to do something to put one foot in the side of the other and be intentional. And for me, when I talk about making your next move, your best move, it's just about intentionality. It's okay. about thinking to yourself, how is this going to get me closer to my next goal? What skills am I gaining right here, right now that will help me with something else later? From like when I think about my role in career services, my goal for a very long time was to be a director of career services. That is all I wanted, period. Period. I was obsessed with it. (laughs) And what I started doing was looking at all the directors of career services at universities um, that I knew or people who I met. I'm like, okay, what does it take to be a director of career services? And I looked at all their backgrounds and I noticed they had a few key experiences. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so I know I probably need seven to 10 years of experience, but, but what needs, what does that need to be comprised of? It's like, okay, so I have to get down student counseling. Great. Okay. I also need to expand to do like graduate level populations, undergrad. Mm-hmm. I also have to be able to work with alumni. Okay. I need yeah. to also understand programming. Okay. Yeah. So really broadening those skills, right? Yeah. Yes. And you bring them yes. all in and you put that yes. together to yes. reach your goal. So when you think about it, like what is, I want people to just think about what is that first step mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you need to take that will get you closer to the goal. To the and goal. I believe that's all on the individual. I don't believe it's on the company. Yeah. And, and I totally agree with you, Kimberly. I often tell uh, the people that I work with that you own your career. The company does not. 
you own it, you're responsible for it. So I love, I love your concept of developing that strategy and looking at what the long-term goal is and then putting it in manageable chunks, but having intentionality around the strategic steps you need to take. I love that. I love that. You know, one thing I know you say often um, is how the fact that you love working with people so that they can no longer see themselves as just an employee, but they can see themselves as a leader, right? Exactly. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I believe very strongly that everyone is a leader. Everyone can be a leader. You don't need to have a title. I think that's like the traditional sense, right? When you're a a leader in a corporation, like you're managing a team, you have blah, 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 blah. But if you bring it down to its essence, like, and I know you work in corporate America, I work in corporate America, Mm -hmm. you don't hire roles if there's not work. There you go. And you hire those people to be the expert in that body of work. Otherwise, you would do it for daggone self. Yes, exactly right. (laughs) So they need to lead that body of work and be the best at it because otherwise they don't need to be here. Oh, I (laughs) love that. That's a little hard. Now, look, I just have to say this, Kimberly. Now, you all see, this is why Kimberly Cummins had to be on (laughs) this live and podcast because she breaks it down and will be just so directed in your face, which is, I mean, you're spot on, Kimberly. Well, I don't need you. I mean, if you're not going to lead in that subject or in that area of expertise, which Mm -hmm. I like to say, whatever your zone of genius is, then I'll either do it myself or I'll get somebody else. Exactly. We can train you, but you have to lead in that body of work. And that's why everyone, I believe, can be a leader. It's not that you have to lead this massive team, but you need to be the subject matter expert in your body of work. Mm -hmm. You need to be the go-to person for whatever the work is that you're doing. They should not even want to reach out to your manager. They should want to reach out to you because you're doing it. And I think that is really where true leadership and influence comes into play, whether you're an executive assistant or a CEO, because if yes. we're very frank, there are probably some CEOs who really aren't great leaders because they don't have the influence and they're reaching out to all these other subject matter experts. They're a leader in title because they're CEO, but are they a yes. leader in their actions every single day, knowing and having this deeper understanding? A lot of leaders, um, a lot of leaders who, how do I say this, who I appreciate don't think about title when they yes. bring people into the room. They bring people into the room who are the subject matter experts, regardless of their title, because there's nothing worse than having an ineffective meeting with all Uh, of, you know, the head honchos in the room. That's right. And nobody can make a decision because they don't know. They haven't done the work. Yeah. They have to go back and ask their analyst (laughs) so that they can come back. Yes. Versus just bringing the analyst. Yes. Yes. Love that. And for, and for women of color, I mean, you know, we, we have our challenges. There's no doubt about it. Right. I mean, there's things that Mm -hmm. are not within our control, but what you just shared is totally within our control. And I believe can rewrite or shift the narrative. If you show up knowing that, you know, that you're a leader and you are that expert in your zone of genius and you show up that way on a regular basis, people will pay attention and take note. And to your point also, you'll be tapped to come into the room. You'll be tapped to come onto the team. That's what I love about what you share and what you teach and talk about 
not just settling as an employee, but becoming that leader. I love, I love, I love that. Kimberly, you know, we're going to be going out of time here, but I want to get into your book because I'm so proud of you and I'm so happy for you. Yes. And so I want to make sure because these last 10 minutes we have that we talk a little bit about next move, best move, transitioning into a career you love. That's the title of the book. What made you write it? Oh gosh, I feel like I always feel like I should have a better answer. But I feel like writing a book was beyond that 10-year goal for me, right? It was just like, you know, I'll write one someday, someday. But what happened in my business, I do a lot of public speaking. I generally average around 50 plus speaking engagements a year, sometimes more, sometimes a little less. And it got to the point where when people in the conference or whatever room, they come up to me after like, oh my gosh, Kimberly, what's the name of your book so I can buy it? People assumed mm, I had a book okay. and I did not have one. And you didn't have one. I didn't uh, have one. And I talked to my mentor, um, Lindsay Pollock, who wrote the foreword for me. She's a New York mm, Times bestselling yeah. author. We sat down and I remember very, very, I remember clear as day, we were in lower Manhattan and we sat down. She's like, you're going to write a book. And I was like, Lindsay, I don't think I'm ready. She's like, I don't care. You're going to write a book, read this book. It teaches you how to write a proposal, do that, send it to me. Um, and you need to get it to me soon. And then I had a friend introduce me to my publisher Wiley. Um, and it just happened so fast. Wow. And next thing you know, I signed a book deal. And then a year later, a little more than a year later, the book was literally, in yes. my hands. Yes. Um, but yes. really, the real reason why I wrote it outside of like knowing I wanted it as a vehicle, mm-hmm. because I know not a lot of people can have a career coach, right? I think um, right. having a career coach, an executive coach, a leadership coach, whatever type of coach you want to call it, that's an investment. Yes. And not everybody can make the investment. Right. However, you can probably buy a book. Yes, you can. And this I has the that. things I use with my clients that I've been using right. for years. Right. Like if you read the book and you do what I say, uh-huh. and I didn't want a book that was inspirational. Um, I want to motivate you, of course. Like I like to be sure. funny and have good stories and all that. But in the book, I make it so easy to be actionable. So there's literally italicized oh, wow. sentences of the gems because nice. everybody likes the gem. I want you to know what they are. So I italicize those sentences for you. And at the end of each chapter, I have a section called Your Next Move. So Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to read the whole thing, just read the Your Next Move sections and it'll tell you what to do and what to implement. There's exercises and insights. I made it very, very easy. I want people to be able to take action. Beautiful, beautiful. And so you talked, I I noticed that you were probably intentional with the title, Transitioning into a Career You'll Love. Mm-hmm. So what what's the difference for you, Kimberly? I mean, because all of us have careers. I mean, I have one, you have one, mm-hmm. uh, people that are listening, they have. But, you know, how do we know or what is the difference in your mind when you and what really drove you to put that transitioning to a career you'll love? Not be good at and maybe enjoy doing, yes. but you'll love. <laughs> yes, you'll like love. We could all have jobs, right? Yes, yes. I think many times we think like, oh, we can't all have a job, but many, most folks can have a job, a job that you work at in exchange for a paycheck. You clock in, you clock out. But having a career is a much deeper investment. Mm -hmm. You're invested in your own growth. You're probably invested in your company's growth, in your industry. It's truly something that is not just a standalone job that you're doing in exchange for a paycheck. You have a deeper sense 
of belonging and love and respect mm. for that. So the way I, the other relationship analogy I use, Linda, I'm like, I'm not sure if your husband's listening. Oh, you have headphones in, so hopefully you yeah, won't get offended. My <laughs> husband's heard me say it, so he already knows. But when you're married, you don't love your spouse every day sometimes. This is so true. Or at least not like them. Let's let's say like we love them, but we don't like there we, them. There we go. Yes. We don't yes, like yes, them. Yes. There are some times when I look at my husband and I want to say, why are you here? <laughs> but he better be here. He better not be someplace else. <laughs> but you are so angry in that moment. Yeah. But the better yeah. not go. And that's what having a career is like, because it could piss you off some days. And you're like, I don't understand why I'm at this job in this company doing this thing today, but you're going to show up the next day mm -hmm. and you're going to be excited about the work, excited about your team. And that's why the difference I say between like careers and jobs or, yes. you know, dating and being married, that's where the right. difference is. Right. And I want people to love it because if you're spending... <laughs> 40 to, I know I was spending probably close to 60 plus 60. hours mm -hmm, a week. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. You, if you hate those 60 hours a week, your job, your job is going to take over. And I'm pretty sure your life isn't going to be that great. Wow, yes. If you can't make up the so weekend, true. two days is not going to make up for you hating the other so five days. It's yeah. not possible. So I think it's important to have a career that you love. And the last piece I'll say is that when we talk about career transition, most people think about it's always about getting a new job, but it's not always about getting a new job. Good it point. Be, I was going to ask you about that. Yes. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yes. Because most people, especially when I work with corporations, they're like, hey, we don't want people to leave. And I was like, it's not always about leaving. Right. It is literally any type of career transition. And I define that as it could be graduating from college. It could be an internal move. It could be an external mm -hmm. move. Yeah. It could be a lateral, power lateral, or promotional move. But yes. most of all, it honestly could be your mindset because I've seen the biggest shift in clients who show yes. up differently when they know yes. they have a career. And Linda yes. might, you know, I'm probably talking about that person who came to you. It's a mindset shift. Yes, ma'am, it is. Showing up differently. Yes, It's not that we need a new job today. It's like, oh, I'm actually going to step in and be the leader I know I can be. Mm -hmm. And then I'll worry about whatever the move is later. And that's really next. what I mean about a career transition too. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. Yes. The person you were talking about, absolutely spot on. And I would say, Kimberly, be frank with you, mindset is the root of most everyone I work with. It is yes. a mind. We have to, as, as, as people that follow me know, get, I always say, get out of your own darn way for yes. real. I mean, just get out of your own way. And in order to do that, it's a mindset shift. And I'm so glad because that was going to be my next question. I'm so glad you really explained the transitioning piece because immediately people think, you know, oh, that's moving from company A to company B. No, no. there's growth. There's you can develop your career right where you are. I loved your power, all your definitions that you gave, the power <laughs> promotion, the power lateral. The yes, because those are all Any possibilities. Yeah, they're all possibilities. It's not necessarily picking up from this company and going to the next. So loved, loved, love it. And as and I told you, see, Kiana just shared in the comments, loves you sharing the italicized gems. I <laughs> so, want to make it easy because I feel like there's so much information out there where we can have yeah. information overload. Yes, we can. I want it to be easy, easy, easy. It's almost like what's the medium? I think when you read articles on maybe medium, medium. 
showed you who highlighted yep. this text so you can I find know. it. I was like, well, I how about I do the book? That's why I like Medium. I, <laughs> yeah. And I love the fact that you did that in your book. So as we wrap our time together, and this is what, you know, it always happens to me every time with fabulous <laughs> guests like yourself. This 30, yeah. I mean, the time's just poof, gone. But as we start to wrap this, Kimberly, if there were, I don't know, I hate to give anyone a number, but if there were some nuggets, you know, three or whatever that you wanted to share with our listeners, right? And, and I'm going to remind everyone, Next move, best move, it's available. You can find it out there. Books, theaters, Amazon, it is out there. Go and buy a copy so that you, like some of our other listeners, can get these gems right in your hand. But, you know, Kimberly, is anything you want to leave with our listeners? Maybe some, a few of your nuggets, either from the book or even just your personal experiences that would help our women of color see themselves as leaders and then show up in that so that they can get the career they love. Got it. So let me, I'll give three pieces. So number one, create that career strategy for yourself. Yes. Not so shameless plug because it is definitely a plug. If the end of the book, it, everything leads you to developing a two-year career strategy. So the book can help you do it. Uh-huh. Um, you need that strategy so you can make intentional movement every single day. Number two, believe in the strategy that you build for yourself. You have to believe that you can do whatever it is you want to do. If you don't believe it, you're not going to take intentional action. One of my favorite business coaches said, the reason why I wasn't hitting my business goals is because my goal wasn't big enough. It was so easy and so small that I never took big enough strides to hit it. He came in, took every single goal in my daggone business and said, double it. Sometimes double and a half. And I was like, easy now. But you best believe I did that because it was so big and so scary that I had to take deeper action every single day. And then the last thing that I'll say, it's probably like my, probably my number one favorite passage in the book. It's at the way end of the book. Um, I talk about three pieces of advice that my dad gave me. And the last piece of advice is if they hit you, hit them back. Mm. And you hit them back with excellence. That's how you hit people back. And this is, I'm going to say it's a little harsh again, but you can't be mediocre out here trying to have a bomb career. You can't. No, you can't. I personally, you can't. Linda, when we got on the call, she told me like she was excited. Um, She saw that my husband threw me a book launch party and she's like, oh my gosh, it was lovely. And one of the things I had a colleague who came to the party who used to work with me um, and had never, of course, met my friends and my family. And she came up to me afterwards, like, Kim, like, do you not hang out with anybody mediocre? Like, is that like not a, like you don't allow anyone here to be like mediocre? And I was like, honestly, I think mediocrity is contagious. So I try not to hang around. Oh my God. Can we, can, can you say that, say that again? Say that again. Mediocrity is contagious. Yes. It, it allows you to think smaller. Like it's small into your veins and allows Absolutely. you to take smaller steps because people next year are doing smaller things. Yes. So allow your excellence to shine through. It's, we know as women of color in the workplace that it can be difficult. We, we are disadvantaged sometimes. We yes, are yes. people uh, like microaggressions, bias, all of these yes, things do happen, all, but yes. never let that stop you and your excellence from shining through. Keep being excellent and keep hitting them back with top of the line performance because performance is something that people can't just, they can't say that. They, like they can't, they can't say you're half stepping. They can't, they can't no, they cannot. They can't dismiss it. it and they can't take it away. Girl, <laughs> exactly. see, look. <laughs> everything 
Yeah, that was everything. Kimberly B. Cummings, again, it was an honor. Thank you so very much. I adore you. I've adored you since I've met you. And I am so, so happy for you. Thank you for spending time with me, being Brown at Work Live. It has been a true pleasure. Thank you. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I have so much more to offer you. Book a complimentary call with me at lindatalaferro.com slash free consultation so you can start unapologetically achieving your own professional goals as a woman of color and establish a presence as more than just an employee. Let's go deeper, reach your professional goals, and apply this life-changing work to your career and beyond so you can rock your corporate game and get that seat at the table.